try to stay away from those big bears during training season? Like I've heard lots of guys say that. Definitely. I, my opinion is, um, our, most of our dogs that we have don't have anything to prove. I mean, the couple that are the couple that you're not sure about what they, you know, what they're going to do on a tough bear and stuff like that. I mean, that, that stuff's going to work itself out. It's going to happen eventually. And I don't like to, I don't like to get on rough bears. Uh, most of the people I know don't, don't want to be on rough bears in, in um, training season because it, it can just, it can wreck your season in a hurry. I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. Oh, yeah. That's the biggest adrenaline rush I think I've ever got is, or I ever get is, you know, being in on a, on a bait up bear, but you know, it just, they can really ruin your season right now. I mean, it can ruin your season and kill season too, but at least you got, hopefully you're going to have something to show for it. But you know, there's nothing worse than right. getting your best three or four dogs knocked out or, or something now on, on a bear that all you can do is catch them off of, you know? So, I mean, I, I try to stay away from them and, and I've, I'm careful with my puppies too. I mean, I know some guys like to throw their puppies right in the fire, but again, kind of my opinion yeah. on that is, is you got more to lose than you do to gain. Um, if a puppy's going to make it, he's, sure. he's probably, he's going to make it whether he's on that bay up or not. And you know, about all, all the only, um, thing that could really happen is they get ruined, you know, um, really get swatted up real good and just don't want to have anything to do with them. Now, some guys will say a dog that does that, that's going to happen eventually anyways. And I think there probably is something to that, but I have also seen dogs that I know at nine, 10 months, maybe even a year and a half just weren't, you know, didn't have the confidence and weren't just mentally tough enough to go through that yet. Um, in fact, we've had a couple, you know, we've had a couple dogs over the, over the years that have gotten beat up at an, at a young age and, kind of didn't want to have anything to do with bears for a little while after that. And some of them never do, but we've had a couple that come back around and end up being really nice dogs. Um, so basically that getting beat up, just set them back a couple of years, you know? So I I try not to let that. Yeah. And we've talked about that a lot, you know, mental tough dogs, because I'm kind of the same thought as you are. I've heard that a lot and I agree with it to a point like the guy old timers that'll say, you know, that dog is going to quit on you either today or down the road. It doesn't matter. And I've seen that, you know, Mm -hmm. in in dogs that I've owned too, where it's like, you know, no, it'll be all right. Well, by the end, nope, that was it. They just quit. But, you know, I really think that those dogs that just aren't mentally ready, uh, you can ruin them. I mean, yep. one bad experience. You think how far that sets you back in training, regardless of any kind of dog, whether you're training obedience or you're training hunting or whatever, yep. bad experience. Like those seem to resonate a lot harder with immature and not mentally tough dogs than they do for sure. else. Those for are the sure. ones that stick, not the treat, not the good boy. It's like, oh crap, something tried to eat me. I don't think I want to do this anymore. Yep. So sure. how old are your pups? Oh, my pups are just about 10 months old now. And man, I was, they started out a little slow to be honest with you. I, I thought they were going to come out of the gates running, but it shows what I know. 
Um, but man, they've, they've really been cranking here the last couple of weeks and it's been a lot of fun. I've got a little, the, so I had three of them and I can't have three puppies going into this cat season. Like it, it'll be a train oh, right. Even two is going to be tough, you know, tough to do them justice. Um, so my plan kind of all along was we'll pick the, pick the two I like the best and get rid of the one that was doing the least. Well, once you know it, we're halfway into training season and all three of them are pretty much on the same pace. I mean, running good, right. training good. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. Not, not doing spectacular, but doing a good job, you know? So I, well, I, there was one dog, I just didn't like his build quite as much and stuff. And so I decided to get rid of him and the reports I'm hearing from him is he's, he's doing really well too. But, um, I got this little female and yesterday, yeah, yesterday morning I put her out. Our baits have really slowed down. We don't got much to pick from besides really? a couple, a couple bigger bears. And like, we were just talking, I try to stay away from them while I went and tried a 12 hour old cold trail and I threw her out with my old dog, Remy. And then my, my cousin's best, my cousin's best, uh, cold trailer too. And man, she was holding her weight, barking nice picking up her share of the losses and it was it was fun um so i'm really looking that's cool i'm looking forward to her she's the stuff she's showing me i think she's going to be a really nice cat dog too um once she figures it out i think they've been on so many bears here that the beginning of cat season might be a little bit of a shit show with them i i know we've talked about that in the past too you know switching from a bear to a oh, cat yeah. it, it can be <laughs> It can be tricky, so I'm kind of expecting that to be a little bit of a shit show to start out with, but hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get them dialed in and and uh, going good, you know, month into season or something. But you're like in my favorite age. That ten months, man. That's like okay, we're ready to do work. Like you're old yeah. enough, you kind of know what's going on. You know, it's. It's where you, I, I guess it's all self gratification because that's where you see the major jumps. Makes you feel good, like you're, you oh. know, you're doing a big part of this training because that's just where everything kind of comes together. And it's, I don't know, I think that ten months to a year and a half is probably my favorite stage. It's you I was just see so much growth in them. I was just telling my uncle the other day. Um, well, I hunted the last about 11 of the last 12 days or something. So I hit it really hard here at the end, but it was funny. You know, it's beginning of training season. My alarm goes off and my old dogs hear my alarm go off and they'll start barking, you know, and the puppies are kind of standing out there like, well, what the hell is everybody barking about? And same thing in the truck, you know, you, you let them down at a bait or whatever. And they're kind of running around like, Oh, dog, dogs to play with. Like they, they just don't quite, have it all figured out yet, you know, but man, these last couple of weeks, my alarm goes off and them puppies are out there barking, you know, they're, <laughs> I pull my truck around and they got their front feet on the, on the tires or on the side of the flatbed, trying to jump in the truck, just like the old dogs. It's like they're, they're ready. Yeah. They're, they finally have put it together. Like what we're doing and what they're, what they're, uh, what their calling in life is, you know, and they're just excited as excited about it as the old dogs. And that's, that's pretty cool when you see them start to put everything together and, and just know what's going on and, and know yeah, they want to do it. So, so what's up with the, the baits? Is it just natural feed that came on yeah, and you're competing it, with that? It always happens. 
probably about the middle of August it starts. You know, the acorns start falling. Well, prior to the acorns falling, the the, the berries are getting pretty heavy. Um, and it, it's just, it's every every year. Um, and now the cornfields are starting to get ripe. I've heard from some farmers. Well, and we've run a couple bears close to cornfields and end up on three or four bears. So that kind of tells you that those cornfields are oh, yeah. starting to draw them in draw them in so it, it always happens this this time of year um but all that sounds I like see, so much fun i see the, people the on facebook races oh it's yeah it's it's stressful but it's fun for sure but i see people on facebook all the time this time of year oh i had bait sitters primarily you know oh i had this 400 pounder every day until last week in august or first week in september or whatever and he just disappeared what am i doing wrong or whatever it's like dude you're not doing nothing wrong like it just <laughs> you find mother nature yeah it it just it happens all the time i mean that's why we run well for kill season we're probably gonna have about 30 baits that we're gonna be running you know knowing that god half or two-thirds of those be won't be hit job well thankfully we got four or five people a lot of times you know that are running checking baits and um but yeah it, it it's a lot of work you know i i figure it takes you about three hours to run all of them yourself so holy cow how much man. bait oh my god i so i actually kept track this year and this is just me you know my cousin chris he probably feed more bait than me because he lives right there I think I went through a fourteen fifty gallon drum so far this year. Holy smokes! So yeah, that's a chunk. Yeah, and my like I said, my my cousin, I if I went through fourteen, I bet he's gone through twenty five, probably maybe not quite that much. But yeah, it's Dang. a lot of bait. <laughs> now this this time I of year, you know, as a kid. Okay, uh, go ahead. This time of year, we we because um, the baits aren't getting hit quite as much. It it slows down some now, you know. Whereas through July, every bait's hit every day. So, you know, you're dumping two and a half gallons of bait into every bait every day. You know, whereas now, four or five, four or five five gallon buckets will pretty much last year around the whole loop. But, but yeah, it uh, really it's a lot of bait. Yeah, I know. When I was a kid, my dad baited here in Oregon. And his business was right next to the Oro Wheat Distribution Center. So we'd go dumpster diving every night, you know, after work. Because there was like bear claws and hostess pies and donuts yeah. and whatever else. So we had like an unlimited supply of free bear bait. That worked out real well. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we so, went through a lot. So what, are you guys just baiting out of barrels then? Um, or do you want to give away the secret sauce? <laughs> I, uh, we mostly get totes now. Um, and then I, at our bait stations, we, we can't use barrels or any, anything man-made basically. Um, so we, we just have oh. all the logs that we put them in and, and legally you I've can't. I've seen guys like selling those. You know, like logs. Yeah. Bear stumps yep. and whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's because I oh, I think in Michigan they can use a barrel, I believe. But yeah, here in Wisconsin we can't uh you can't just put out a barrel or 
or anything. It has to be has to be in a stump or you know, some people dig a hole in the ground kind of and then cover it up with sticks and stuff like that. But we tend to use uh we use um hollow stumps and then uh rocks on top just to try to keep the, keep the coons and stuff like that out of them. Which is oh, kind that's of a right. losing battle. We've- yeah, because we talked about that before, because you don't really run coons, right? Because you'd run no. so many off the bait piles. Oh, God. Yeah, they. and this year, them things come out of the woodwork. Oh, it gets annoying. We got a couple cell cameras, and oh, my God, it's so annoying. Your phone's going off constantly. <laughs> Every two just, seconds. Yeah, coons. Oh, they're annoying. So you got a little bit of time left. You're getting ready to leave for that nav to hunt. But yeah when you come back like you're off right now you said right because the bait setters are going first this yeah year. yeah we got about a two-week break here between uh well i think the 14th our kill season starts on the 14th and our training season ended the last day in july um so there's about two weeks but yeah, i'm gonna miss um i'm leaving the weekend before that for new mexico and then i won't be back until until the sunday after after kill season starts so i'm gonna miss the first five days which is uh that's not like me but it is what it is sacrilege Uh, yeah honestly i'm kind of i would rather miss kill season than training season um i'm kind of hoping while i'm gone my cousin and the other guys can get a bunch of the baits or get a bunch of the tags filled um just because during kill season you're targeting bigger bears I don't like to run my puppies on bigger bears. Um, we got a lot of dogs, so it kind of ends up being one of those deals where everybody, you can only run six dogs on a bear. So you kind of pick the best six mm-hmm. dogs and that's what you're going with pretty much every time. So, you know, it, it gets to be tough to run a bunch of dogs for one person. Um, but if we got tags filled, um, you can run for fun in, in Wisconsin. You don't need a tag to go hunting. So if we don't have a tag, mm-hmm. I'll just go and try to pick a small bear somewhere. Hopefully we have a small bear that hits a bait. Right. And then I can, you know, run my younger dogs and, and stuff like that. So um, that stuff's more fun to me. I mean, yeah, killing big bears is fun, but it gets to be stressful. Um, and like I said, you just don't get them younger dogs out and stuff all that much so i'm kind of hoping when i get back they've they've got a a few big bears knocked out and we can knock the big ones down yeah coast through coast through uh kill season a little bit i mean i'm sure we'll we'll have more tags to fill and whatnot but a lot of times during the week you know a lot of of course everybody wants to go on the weekends but so sometimes during the week we don't have tags certain days so then it's more a little more fun to go and just do a fun run, a little less stressful. Not oh, end yeah. up on a monster. Well, those little bears. Field. Yeah, that's got to be. I mean, for getting dogs in shape, those little bears are where it's at anyway, right? That's where I it's mean, at. They usually yeah. got Nikes strapped on. Yeah, and actually, well, I hunted, like I said, eleven of the last twelve days or whatever the heck it was, and you know, in July, I probably wouldn't be able to do that just because my dogs would be worn out. But the bears this time of year are getting fat. So most of the runs we had <laughs> weren't long, you know, mostly cold trail to maybe they run half a mile or a mile or something in tree. So my dog stayed, stayed pretty fresh, but I like the ones that I was telling a buddy here 
few days before season ended, you know, he's like, I hope I get a couple trees and get my puppies tree. And I'm like, man, I, I would love it if I got on a bear each day that did not tree and just ran like crazy. Cause my dogs were all treeing yeah, really well. Right. And I just wanted to wear them out, but it didn't really happen. But <laughs> I ended up with some pop-ups. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a funky swing. Dogs get faster. Bears get slower. And yeah, do they get jacked up? Like I know around here or well, like NorCal area, when we were hunting, like berries came on, it was different ball game. You know, it's like, the, I don't know if it's the sugar content. I've had guys tell me, you know, the guys that are baiting with real sugary stuff, it can make them honorary. Is that true? Huh. Or have you seen that? I wouldn't say that I've really seen that. I'd say the biggest thing we see is them just being fatter and less likely to run, whether that be pop up a tree or just sit on the ground and, and want to fight. You know, um, I don't know that I've really seen a correlation to their food source, but it's possible. And, and I've heard that. I, I think I was just it texting. It could be BS. <laughs> I was just talking to Paul Laney the other day and he well, it was a while ago, but he said something about in Maine, he didn't like to run um, in early July because the bears are pretty ornery then because they're skinny and stuff. And obviously, Paul is a hunting fool. Yeah. So, <laughs> Do you get the daily updates like I do? <laughs> Every day it's, it's like, I got something to look forward to. Paul's going to send me a bear picture. Yeah. So, I mean... I'm not going to call him a liar. I mean, he's, he's been out there and seen it, you know, but it's, it's kind of funny because right. when he's telling me that I just got outran by bears five days in a row because my dogs are out of shape and they haven't, the bears haven't packed on any weight yet. And they just ran like crazy. You know, so it's, it's kind of funny. I always thought Wisconsin and Maine were pretty similar. And I think in a lot of aspects they are, but that's definitely one that, um, I wouldn't say translates but so i think there is right some truth to that based on your your region or whatever i'm sure you know maybe our bears are more used to the sugar all the time because of the fact that we bait you know so a lot of the stuff we bait with has got sugar in it you know whereas maybe out west where you guys right. aren't baiting or something and all of a sudden they hit that sugar high from the berries and stuff there there could be something to that for sure i wonder I know, like, because I thought the same thing, because I talked to a lot of you guys in Wisconsin, and then Paul, and I would imagine your guys' country is pretty similar. Like, from what I see in videos and stuff, it's, mm -hmm. like, thick, you know, yep. lots of yep. water. Swamp, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that's kind of crazy, though. I think, you know, those bears, though, it's funny. You talk to the guys from, like, PA and, you know, over on the East Coast, the bears are way different anyway, like compared mm -hmm. to let's say, I mean, Northern California, Oregon. I mean, we see a lot of bears cause we have a ton of bears. I mean, the spring season we went out spot and stock and, you know, in a day we probably saw, I think we saw five or six in a day, wow. but you don't get those big Volkswagen looking yeah. bears. They're yeah. lanky. They're long-legged. You know, we call them mountain bears. They're different. They got to so work I'm sure a lot some of that plays food. into it, too. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord, you know it. That, yeah. That's got to be it. Because, you know, 
I've even tried to go back and look at bears that I've killed and like their stats and things like we've killed some pretty nice ones that were, were fairly young, you know, like a two, two and a half year old bear that's pushing probably pretty close to the 275, 300 mark. Sure. But th- it's because their frames are so big. So they're big, not yeah. fat. Like there is yeah. not, I've never been able to render fat off of a bear I've killed here because it just flat hasn't had it. Yeah. They're so lean and so lanky, but they're big framed and they make up for that and weight. Where you get out your guys' way, you know, you're talking some big bears, especially you see the pictures of those ones in like Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, seven, eight hundred pound black bears in my mind's just like blown. That, that's insane. <laughs> A yeah, huge you know that bear here is like four. Yeah. Well, you know all that seven, eight hundred pounder, his belly's probably pretty much dragging. You know, I, I mean yeah, to be seven or eight hundred the bottom half. Yeah, to be seven or eight hundred pounds, it's got to be a huge frame, and he's got to be fat as hell. Yeah, they look like a tick, just a big swollen up Volkswagen going through the woods. It's crazy. I saw a bear. Definitely not going to say where I saw this, but I saw one the other day. I was uh, going through this four way stop, and there's cornfields on the side that I was coming from, and I slowed down and little bit and went through the intersection and out of the corner of my eye, probably half mile down the road, I see something. I'm like, oh, somebody's cows in the middle of the road. I'm like, you know, this is going through my head real quick. I'm like, wait a second. There is sure there isn't any cows, no cows anywhere around here. I slammed on the brakes and put it in reverse and grabbed my binos as I was backing up. And I got the binos up and looked down there just to see the ass end of a bear going in the brush. Oh dang. And my cousin's like, well, how big do you think it was? I'm like, I don't know, but it was big enough. I thought it was a cow. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get bad. time to, yeah, it was a dandy. Let's just say that. You know, I was thinking of you the other night I was out, I had to run out and help my grandparents with something. And, uh, they apparently had seen a bear, I don't know, last week or something, but they told me where it was. And, and it was running in the cornfields, which I honestly, like, I've never even thought until you said something about it. I never in my mind would I have thought about cornfields for bears. You know, oh, you yeah. think of coons or, you know, yeah. little stuff like that. But they're like, it was hands down the biggest bear they have ever seen around here. And it was just popping in between cornfields, ran right across the road in front of them. And I that's thought, where hmm, Ross isn't full of it. <laughs> that's where <laughs> they, they go, that man. Too. That's where the big ones go. I promise you, if there's a cornfield there, if they, you walk into that thing, there's going to be spots, you know, hundred yard circles that are just flattened down or, or whatever, where they just, they don't leave them. Really? I mean, like bear crop circles. Yeah, basically. Yep. There's, no there's cornfields up here while they'll trap and relocate. 40 bears out of a cornfield i mean unreal really unreal yep just easy pickings they can go in there and sit down they got cover they don't ever have to leave it probably they don't got water yeah walk and there's plenty of swamps everywhere generally a cornfield stops being a cornfield because there's a swamp next to it so they walk out and get a drink in the swamp right back into the cornfield yep are the they've farmers pretty good about like ha- allowing access and things like that because i'm sure they want them out of there uh yes and no just yeah just you know like anywhere i mean 
we all grew up where we hunt, so we know a whole bunch of them. Um, you know, and a lot of those guys are like, hell yeah, come, come kill them. But problem is, is there'll be a landowner that butts up to the farmer or something, you know, that doesn't really want you there. So that, you know, then what do you do? Um, you know, it just makes it tough. So, uh, I, you know, I'd say that the more old school guys or whatever, a lot of them just, just want to come, but, um, you know, there's, uh, this is kind of a rabbit hole. I don't really want to go down, but with the, the farmers by us get, um, crop damage money and stuff too, you know? So it's, Oh yeah. It's kind of a political I hear you. deal on, on top of it too, you know? So there's some of that that goes on too, that, um, I mean, you would sure think that everyone would be like, hell yeah, come kill them all. But that's unfortunately, that's not how it works. So. Oh, it's the same everywhere, man. Like oh yeah. Out here, for, you know, you get damaged elk tags and, yeah. you know, next thing you know, they're, they're for sale, you know, or yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, there was a stretch where all you had to do was call in damage. Like they were so overloaded. There was no inspections going on. It was just, Hey, I got damage here. Okay. Here's your tag. And it's like, yep. really? Like I value that animal more than that. Yeah. You know, it's frustrating to see price tags put on animals. I mean, that's what's happening. That crop damage getting paid is yeah, you're basically putting a price tag on that animal. Where there's a but system, yet, somebody will take advantage value of them it. the most. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yep. Well, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> Yeah, but they at least like they're feeding it. them good. When they step off of there, <laughs> you're, yeah. you got some fat bears running loose. If they will, that's the thing is getting them out of there. Them, them, they're just so. Like what do they just bucks. hang out until harvest time? Yeah, pretty much. I I don't know if you've ever seen videos floating around Facebook. Um, I've seen you know somebody will be parked on a on a road next to a cornfield while they're chopping that cornfield, and they'll get down to three or four rows left and. Out come the bears, you know. Um, oh, it's like making a drive for them, basically. <laughs> so right, they just run, just run out of down to the camp. Yep. yep. So, yeah. I, I mean, I know, I know. People have found, you know, somebody running a running a combine or whatever will find a, a huge hole that a bear dug. Like he was planning on hibernating there. Like he's he's got all he Dude. needed right there. That is so wild too, because I've got a buddy out your way that he sunk his tractor into yep. a bear den yep. in the middle of his field. It's like, dude, that's crazy story. Yep. I would not imagine him just digging up a hole in the ground. You know, out here, our bears don't really hibernate anyway. But you know, they're gonna get up next to something. They say, you know, it's usually a down log, or they'll find a hollowed out log or or make one hollow. They're usually in something. Yeah, but yeah, he said they just dug a hole right in the middle of his field. <laughs> yep, yep. It. I mean, that doesn't happen all the so, time, but it happens enough that you hear about it once a year or better. You know, that'd be a surprise. Can you imagine falling through on your tractor with a bear in there? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be <laughs> glad like I was in real the tractor. interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. Grab a gear yep. and get moving. Yep. So when do they go away out by you? I mean, do they t- go away for the winter? Do you see much bear activity? 
when you're out cat hunting or anything? Um, I'd say most of them are probably hibernated by the time our deer season, which is a week of Thanksgiving. But mm-hmm. even, even, you know, guys deer hunting, if we got snow, you're still going to see bear tracks around. We see bear. I would say I see bears moving around up until about the middle of December. Now I'm guessing yeah. those bears have been hibernated and are probably moving somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I start cat hunting the beginning of December and that's definitely something I watch out for because I would assume if I put my dogs on a old cat track and they come to a bear track, mm-hmm. they're probably going to be pretty likely See you later by. Take, <laughs> yeah. I, and in fact, a few years ago, right by my cabin, I went and checked for cat tracks behind my cabin first and there was a bear track going north out of my cabin. Well, I go up the road to the north a little ways and there's a cat track going east and my cousin Chris was out with me and uh, I told him, you know, let's run, let's put him on this cat track. I said, but I am going to start hiking my ass off to try to keep up with them because I know that it's going to intersect that bear track at some point. Um, Well, he had a he had a young dog that he put with my Remy dog and, um, I wasn't very far behind him, but Remy never skipped a beat. He was going barking right along. And I looked down and his dog, Missy had making a 90 degree turn and then gone straight North when my dog was going East. Oh, and I was only about a hundred yards away from where she did that. So I ran up there real quick and sure enough, that's where that bear track was. So I just toned her, um, and yelled for her, you know, and called her back and she came right back. But I could not believe it that, that my dog didn't take that bear track. I mean, I thought for sure he would have, but, um, yeah, that, that definitely happens in, in, you know, December, like I said, until about, about the middle of December by Christmas, usually you're not seeing maybe randomly here. And there. Right. Um, but, but it, it can be, it can be an issue in the beginning of December for sure. Yeah, that's a little victory, man. Those are ones to be happy for. Yeah. Not pulling yeah. tracks. That's because what do you expect them to do? I mean, well, I, yeah, I know it's I, frustrating at the time, but it's like, what do you expect? I want to blame got a garbage truck running through the woods. I want to blame them one bit. And I know that bear track was fresh because it had snowed the day before. So there wasn't, you know, it's not like it was a oh. two day old bear track. I, I knew it was from that night. So I. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, like I said, I so, was fully expecting well, them all to be like, hell yes, let's run this instead. But yeah, no kidding. So like yours, you're hunting Remy and then you've got, you said two pups. Uh, yeah, I got Remy and Izzy. Um, I got Remy and Izzy. Remy is eight. He's the dog I've talked about. He's got a, he's got a, uh, DCM, which is a heart disease, but, uh, he's actually, been, mm-hmm. I had to be careful with him. When it was hot and humid, there was days, and there are still days when you can tell he's just not himself. Like if I turn him out into a bait, he goes in there and checks around for a couple seconds and comes back and stands by the truck. Like he just ain't feeling it. So yeah. I, I've noticed when it's when it's humid, hot and humid, um, it really takes a toll on him. Um, but then I got Izzy, which is a um, well, she'll she's not three yet. She'll be three in November. Um, She's a really nice dog. She's super fast. She doesn't bark a whole bunch though, which is kind of irritating because she'll get out 
get all the way ahead by herself. She trees like crazy. You get but, ahead of them. Yeah. And she's not, she's not a very good puppy trainer, you know, <laughs> you know, cause when she's picking up losses, she doesn't say a word and the puppies are looking for it. And by the time they find it, she's out of the country. But then I've got, uh, I've got two puppies that are actually out of them. So I'm just hunting four dogs right now gotcha. of my own, but Chris has got a pile. So you got piles. <laughs> yeah. We, dog power is not an he issue. He was fun to talk group. to, man. Yeah, he's. We gotta get him back on sometime. He's funny. Yeah, he's. Uh, he's something out. Like I said, I'm. I'm glad he. I'm glad he did that because I wasn't sure he would. He would be willing to. But after the fact, he said he had a lot of fun. So maybe that's uh, good to hear because I get that a lot. You know, the guys that are there's a hundred guys out there that I'd love to do a podcast with. And, yeah. and there's a lot of them that are just like, oh, nobody wants to hear about this. And they don't want to listen to me. I don't really know anything. It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. And, and you know that you do. And it's not a big, scary thing. You know, you just jump on the phone or jump on a computer and it's it's pretty easy. But I was hoping with this new, uh, the phone thing, you know, where we can patch people in. Oh. And make it a little easier on those guys, especially the yeah. old timers, you know, that. They'll sit there and yak your ear off on the phone for two hours, but you mentioned recording it. It's like, whoa, <laughs> pump the brakes. <laughs> well, he'd probably be the same way. I don't know that he'll get him on a computer, but um, I'm sure. I'm sure we could we could uh, tie him down at the bear convention or Wisconsin Bear Hunters Convention or something again next spring. I'm sure we could make that. Yeah, happen. it's a lot easier when you're right there. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> you, you can just trick him. <laughs> Yeah. Tell him you like the beer in the, the conference room. <laughs> <laughs> Go grab me one, then lock the door behind him. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's going to be, I always look forward to that. It is nice. I mean, because when I started hunting with all those guys down in Cali, you know, it was bear hunting. And that's what my first love was. Mm-hmm. And the same with my wife to this day. I mean, she has zero interest in going cat hunting. You know, yeah, I mean, she'll go, but it's just, you know, driving around looking for tracks. It's not wow. her thing. She loves bear hunting. Sure. And it's, it's so cool to get in a room like that. Cause like getting to talk with guys like you, like chatting with Paul Laney, you know, the guys that love bear hunting, you get out there to the WBHA and it's like, there's as many as you want to talk to for as long as you want to talk. They're all like, you that. know, you usually yeah. unfortunately got to cut stuff short because everybody's like that. Yep, for sure, for sure. But yeah, man, it was. We had a good training season, and I, I think our group treed eighty bears, I believe, and in in, uh, in two months. And in how long? Two months. Dude, that's cranking. Yeah, we we uh, we have a lot of fun, but we've got you know I hunt a lot, my cousin hunts a lot. Another guy's retired up there. I mean, there's somebody hunting pretty much every day, you know, but I think right. my dogs, I, I didn't keep last year. I kept track. I didn't keep track this year, but I'm going to guess just my dogs alone were probably on 25 or 30 trees. So that's pretty good. You know, I mean, that, that really gets a really good young dog cranking in a hurry when you can get that, get that amount of game in front of them. So you're doing like multiple bear days. Oh yeah, sometimes, yep, for sure. In July, when they're when the bears are all over, I mean, it's nothing for us to be running three, four bears at a time, you know. 
So, and I, see, I think that's big when you can go out and catch one and then get them right back on and go catch another one. Yeah. I mean that it's not like the experience of catching two bears. That's like the experience of catching 10 in my yeah. eyes. Cause it's yeah. just like constant reinforcement. Yep. Yeah. Or, you know, them puppies are going to get behind on them big, long races, but you get a road crossing and they'll be a little bit behind or whatever. So you put them in the truck and it's not 10, give them some water and it's not 10, 15 minutes later. And somebody else has got a bear coming to a road or whatever. So you run up and chuck them out up front right away, you know? And <laughs> I mean, you just keep flopping like that and that they're, they're bound to catch on eventually, you know? Oh, for sure. Especially when their body just, I mean, those young dogs, they're not, they're not yeah, ready. They're not, they don't got the muscle times. and yeah, they don't have the gas tank. They don't have the muscle, you know, they yeah. don't have the will. I mean, I don't want to say that's probably bad. I shouldn't say that their will is not as fortified as it would be in a finished dog. Like they don't just know they have the will yet. dropping yeah. out. Yeah. They don't know it's there. It's not like they're quitting. Yeah. They're just falling out. And when you yeah. can constantly feed them the hot end of a track, whether it's this bear or that boar or bear or that one, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. You know, you're force feeding them the hot end. That makes a big difference. Yep. For sure. Well, shoot, man, you got, you got a lot going on. I don't know how you have time for anything between the NAFTA stuff, the bear dogs, the training. Like, when do you find time to sleep? I sleep pretty good at night, but yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't like to sit around. Like I say that some, a lot of times I'm kind of happy when bear season's over. I wish it wasn't nine months before I could do it again, but it's just kind of like one less thing off your plate Break. and then. Yeah, and then I can concentrate on the bird hunting and stuff, but I don't know. I always find myself – I put a lot of it on myself, you know? I mean, I I find myself kind of thriving in that go, go, go all the time too. And obviously, you know what it's like having a wife and three little kids, and I don't hunt right for my house. So, you know, I got to – Oh, yeah. I got to play that balance a little bit too. Well, I just – I was just up at my cabin for – a long time and there was a few nights you know like kids were starting school so they had like little after school picnics so i'd drive home to go to the little picnic and you know the wife had something going on yeah. one night so i came home and watched the kids and put them to bed and then when she got back home i went back up yeah it's just it's a lot of juggling but, see you later um yeah <laughs> yep give her a kiss all right i gotta get up in six hours so i'm gonna head out of here but <laughs> <laughs> that's it's how it works fun. i know we we keep joking around because season, well, our pursuit season actually opened today. So that means it's going to be a big change. You know, yeah. it's been so hot down here and, you know, we haven't done anything to get my dogs ready. I've been really slacking, but now we've got all this smoke from this Rome Creek fire and it's hot and just, you know, it's summertime kids and you know how it is. So yeah. I look forward to. Like a, a little piece of advice I picked up and it was from Buddy's podcast with Don Gilbert. And he was talking about, you know, your time to be out there with your dog sometimes is limited. It was the basis of this. Like mm -hmm. you only get so much time. Some of us get a lot and some of mm -hmm. us get a little. Yeah. But when you're there, if you're a hundred percent there, that's all that matters. You know, 100%, he would still dedicate his time and his energy to those dogs. Yeah. And everything else was kind of like, 
you know, yeah, when hunting season rolls around, I'm not going to make karate class. I'm not going to make, you know, this or that because heck, by the time I get off at four, I'm trying to load dogs and get to the woods as fast as I can to catch the early move. You just don't have time. Yeah. But it's a time and a season. So when it's time to throttle down, you know, that's sometimes you got to do that. It's a a wave on the way out the door and yeah, you know, (laughs) we'll catch up in the morning. (laughs) Thankfully I've, well, we've been married for 10 years now and it seems like every year it's getting a little bit easier and it helps that the kids are a little bit older too, you know, getting a little bit older. So they're not quite as much work, but thankfully, uh, Thankfully, we've been able to juggle everything so far and haven't been at at each other's throats. But and they come up quite a bit too, which helps. But yeah, yeah, mine have got the itch. We we went to that last field trial, and my oldest call and he says, "Dad, when you were a kid, did you ever not want to leave? Like when you were doing fun stuff?" And of course, I'm like, "Yeah, duh. I'm 36 years old, and I still don't want to leave. Say, when I'm doing fun I'm still stuff. like that." Yeah. <laughs> right i said yeah but i I know how you feel he says dad i just i wish we could go camping for like a week can we go bobcat hunting for a week a whole week i'm like well i don't know we're gonna have to talk to mom but luckily she's mom and teacher so we might have to see about making an extended trip yeah move the move the classroom with you oh yeah no, that's the best part. We do we do homeschool every time we hit the woods, man. That's a science lesson or, or something. <laughs> for sure. That those are lifelong skills. Yeah, season's too. coming. Oh, for sure. You know, it's funny. I find them out back making fish traps and you know, they're setting up Bigfoot traps and they got their little fire pit set up. They'll just disappear for a couple hours, you know, out there. They sure. think they're just Daniel Boone in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah, season's here, man. It's close. I feel like a real failure right now just because, I mean, mine are the most I've done with mine recently to even try to get some wind in them is, you know, we've got a big turnout yard here, so I can just kick them loose and they run. And they run until their tongues are hanging and then, you know, they call it good. Yeah. But it's going to be, I'm going to have a hard first part of the season. Like I'm anticipating it with, you know, we've got dogs that, hey, they know what they're doing and they can do it. But we lost some key pieces last year, so it's still it's still tough, you know. When everybody's going to have to find pieces, their place, yep. Yeah, and then they do, and then season's over, and then you got a handler like me who's been slacking. Now they're playing double catch up because I'm not, you know, I haven't been able to do my part recently. So we got some homework to do. We're gonna just kind of take the first couple weeks and go find some roads, go do some running. Man, that's know. fun too, though. But. I mean, I, you know, sometimes it's good to have a challenge, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to make your dogs better because of it too, you know? I mean, I think sometimes sure. we all, yeah, it's fun when you got that pack that's just dialed in and everybody's just in sync, you know? But, it, you know, it also, adversity brings out the best in everybody too, so. You know, I, I do the same thing sometimes. I oh, exactly. Mix in a dog or something. I'm like, and it'll kind of just throw everything for a loop for a while. And it's like, what the hell did I do that? But it's like, if we can just get through this. <laughs> yeah, but then six be months down off. the road, that's just it. You know, we've got, I was talking with a guy the other day 
uh, and he's kind of going through the same situation where he lost a lead dog. And it's the first one he's lost. You know, he's fairly new in the sport. Mm. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't know if he'd want me to or not, but he knows who he is. And, uh, you know, I, I just told him, I said, man, over the years, I've been in this position three different times where you lost that lead dog and you just think, man, what is going to happen? Like, this is going to be a disaster or we're going to have like so much training to do. I said, go give it six hunts without that lead dog and you watch the difference mm -hmm. they know that that dog's not there and, and the smart ones know they need to pick it up is what oh. i've noticed and i'm yeah. in the same boat i had to go find heck last year i lost my lead dog and she was a great locate dog really good tree dog i lost her you know and here i am with a bunch of running bred dogs the a are not i'm not going to say they don't tree they do but they're not, that's not their first instinct. Their first yeah. instincts go find that outbound track. Yeah. So here I am like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. I think I had to find, I found like five or six of them in a row. Sure. And finally I'm like, okay, I'm done doing this. You, I need to give you guys some time to settle in. Mm -hmm. And we had one race. I was just running those two older dogs and I just let them have it. And I sat there and probably waited I think of it like old school. We don't do this anymore where we just let a dog marinate. Yeah. You know, they either go and get it going or they don't. And you're yeah. making that call so fast in today's times. Five minutes is eternity waiting for a dog to start a track. Yep. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> anymore. We're just so used to being able to, okay, well, it's not here. We're going to move on to the next one or we're going to go try something different. You can get them back. So I sat around button there or, and just. Yep. Yeah, or just holler for him, you know. Yeah. It's like, and buddy, I know he's talked on this. The dog's willingness to stick on a track is a hundred percent relevant to how gritty you are. Like, are you going to make them stick it out? Mm -hmm. Where I'm not that person. I haven't been for a long time because I had limited time. It's like, let's go. We're hot tracking. You know, yeah. was it good? No, not really. I mean, I definitely saw the fallout of it later on, but at the time, it's like, okay, here's what we got to do. Well, now I got these two dogs down in there and they're, they're fumbling around. You can tell they haven't even opened, but I know they're smelling something and I know there's something in the area. And I pulled out the garment and I was, I'm looking and I can see kind of where they're working. And I, out loud, I talk to myself when I hunt, I'm kind of crazy when I'm alone. I talk to myself. I said, yeah, it's about time to come back. <laughs> and I put my finger on that button and I was waiting like one last second and out of the dark, I just hear boom, one bark. I'm like, okay, there's a chance. Go. We're just going to sit <laughs> back. And I put that thing in the truck, put it in the truck. And I just sat there and those dogs probably messed around for another 15 minutes before they even made any progression on it. But I knew they had it in their head. So I, I just had to play my part and just sit there and, keep my hands out of it and let them do it. Yeah. And you know, they took off and I heard them, you know, they started moving it pretty good and I heard the jump and it came around and then it just shut down. And I knew in my mind, they're never going to find that thing. Like they ran a good race, but mm -hmm. I've had to find the last half dozen or whatever it was. Yep. And I just sat there. I'm like, man, I'm going to tone them out of there. I was being lazy. I, I mean, admittedly, that's what was going on is it was yeah. 
shit, walk. I knew where I was going <laughs> and it was uphill and it was not a real fun area to walk in just with the, the terrain, you know, where yeah. we're at, there's a lot of fingers. So yeah, you might be trying to get to one place that looks like, okay, 800 yards, but by the time you factor, you've either got to go so far up or down from them to get a straight up shot, or you're going yeah. up and down these little fingers. Yeah. I mean, you're talking some time to get there. Yeah. And just as I was getting ready to holler for him, I heard another single bark, and then I heard another one and another one, and then it was dead silent. But I'm like, you know, I got to go. At that point, you don't have a choice but to do your part. Like, yeah. Billy Coleman, right? I mean, yep. you've got to do your part. So I strapped up the boots and my fat butt took off walking. I got about 300 yards from them and I could hear them coming down the hill to me. You know, they always greet me, it seems like. Yeah. So they come down and good dogs get up there. Where's he at? So they go back up the hill. And by the time I get there, they're kind of just milling around. And I'm starting to look. Nothing, you know, pops out right away. And I watch them both go up and just tap the tree with their feet. That's all they did. Never a bark, nothing. And I shine the light and boom, there he is. And I'll tell you, that was like, it was like just refreshing. Mm -hmm. Like that was what I remembered when I first started. You know, that first mm -hmm. piece of game, it was just, it was one of those things that it'll always stick with me. That one hunt, yeah. it's like I got back to the basics and I let them do their job. I didn't try to influence it. And I trusted dogs that had proven they could be trusted. Yeah. And it all worked out. And from that point on, you know, we, it was a different ball game. Well, and that's probably that. So little I don't bit know of if that helps someone, but that's <laughs> that, that hopefully will help someone down the road. I mean, just when you're ready to hit the button, man, just trust them. That little bit of confidence would probably that you got in them and that's going to carry over for sure. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, you know, with that old dog I got before he had this heart condition. Like if I put him out, like he, I know he's going to start it. Like I just, right. I don't, I don't care if I got to go take a nap, like just leave him. He'll figure it out, you know, but since this heart condition, like I said, sometimes you can tell he's just not quite feeling it. Well, I think it was last week. It was a pretty old track. I put him out at the bait and the, he opened, I put him and um, my younger dog, they opened and come right to the road and it was going, I was walking down the gravel and couldn't figure it out. He'd, he'd open on it on the gravel, but couldn't figure out where it left the gravel. Well, then if they found mm -hmm. where it left the gravel. So I put my other dogs behind cause I'm like, well, they're going to leave and jump it now. Well, it made a little half circle and came right back to the road again. And then they could not figure it out. And all my other dogs were running all over, you know, so I just threw them in the truck. And he, like, looked at me almost like, like, the way he looked at me just told me, like, I feel good today, boss. Leave me be. I'm yeah. going to figure this out. Like, he didn't want to have nothing to do with me, you know. Well, I was hunting with another guy, too, and he's, because we had another bait to go to and try. And he's like, should we just go to that next bait? And I'm like, ah, let's wait let's just give this a little bit of time, you know? And I don't know, we sat there and I mean, he, it's like he was flipping rocks over on the road, you know, finding that little scent and he went down the road, I don't know, oh, 7,500 yeah. yards. And all of a sudden his head went up in the air and he hit the ditch and away he went. And I went and 
packed, we packed a bunch of dogs on behind them and we ended up jumping it. But you know, it's Heck you, yeah. when you got that confidence in your dogs that just, it's going to be fine, you know, let, let them go. But, but like you said, you got to take the training wheels off to get to that point too. You know, you, you, you got a hard part. It is, it is, but, but, uh, they, they go through some tough stuff. Yeah. They don't prove themselves by doing good all the time. I mean, to have a dog that's not going to screw up. Yeah. I'm yet to own one. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to go through it. And it's, to me, it's like having that faith in a dog and, and trusting them. They've proven it because I've seen them do opposite. And I've mm-hmm. seen a change in them. I mean, and that's when I feel like you can trust them. It's not time. It's not age. There's no way you can put like a defining point on it. But you know, I think as a houndsman, you know when that dog is at a point you can trust it. And yeah. sometimes they'll prove you wrong. Oh, yeah. That's okay. It's, it's not a learning experience. It's not They're 100%. They're going to do it to you. Yeah. It's not 100%. But I no. When something bad happens, I just think, well, something bad just happened. So something bad's probably not going to happen for a while now, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's your tune-up, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to have yeah. one good tune-up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, awesome, man. I probably better jump off of here and get back to work with some people. But Sounds thanks good, for man. coming on, man. You got a lot going on. I don't know which. We've got a couple podcasts we did today, so I don't know which one we're going to do first. But I wish you luck at your NAVDA trials. Thanks, man. Have a safe trip, man, and get back in touch. When you get back, we'll do a follow-up. For sure, we'll do. I'll probably be pretty busy with kill season there for for the few weeks after that. But once once, uh, once that hey, wraps up, good. we'll hook up for sure. You call me after season. Hopefully, there's not too many train wreck stories. <laughs> there's going to be some. I can almost guarantee that, but. <laughs> hopefully they're good ones <laughs> it's gonna be a wreck yeah, right. be a good one so make it a good one yeah